0: Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 119. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day. Because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv is an app that brings your workouts right into your earbuds by syncing the motivational guidance of a personal trainer with the perfect playlist to bring you an elevated, on-demand audio fitness experience. Hello, Shameless Moms. I hope you had a not-too-crazy weekend. Easter weekend for us has become... Like A lot of fun. I'll start with that. It's a lot of fun. But we have created a lot of traditions that all have to happen within two days. And I'm wondering if it's a little much. I'm wondering if my child is going to be completely spoiled by this experience. It's kind of like the whole Halloween thing. Like when I was a kid, Halloween was like one day you went trick or treating after school, it was done. Now Halloween is like a week-long event where you go trick-or-treating like four times in four different environments. And then you also like wear multiple costumes. And it's like this huge thing now. And I feel like that's a little bit of like Easter. Like when I grew up, we had one Easter egg hunt. My child will have three Easter egg hunts this weekend or will have had. So I'm recording this on Friday. So we're in advance of all the excitement at this point. But it's a lot of stuff. So I love it. I love that we have traditions. and I love that we have a lot of fun things planned. And I love that he will remember these fun things. He's getting old enough that he will actually have memories of this stuff. But it's a lot. And I do sometimes wonder, like, do these kids need all of this stuff? So I have to tell you in conjunction with Easter about my major Easter bunny fail. So if you have small kids listening, you might want to turn it down for a couple minutes here. The Easter Bunny left some stuff not so well hidden at our house in the middle of the week last week. And it was discovered while I was out running and my husband was making breakfast, Vinny was on his own little random, I don't even know what he was doing, but he was looking through some things in the guest bedroom and came upon a stash that was left by the Easter Bunny. And my husband texted me and was like, so Vinny just found all the Easter stuff And I was like, why would you leave him unattended? Like as acting as if when I'm with him, I never let the child out of my sight, which is totally not true. He's actually gotten to be really independent in our house. You know, I trust him in many ways, not 100%, but in most ways, I trust him to make safe choices. And he does make safe choices. Like he hasn't ever broken that trust or really gotten into things that are unsafe. So we let him run around sometimes. But of course, when it's on my husband's watch, I'm like, well, why weren't you watching him? How did you let this happen? So in hindsight, like it was definitely not my husband's fault. But yes, so the Easter Bunny stash was discovered and we had to make up this elaborate story about like where it came from, what it was there for. And I'm like, you know, we don't really know. Like the Easter Bunny came in and he might be stashing stuff for all the neighborhood kids here. Like who even knows who this stuff is for? We couldn't figure out how he got in the house. So that was a whole nother conversation. We finally determined maybe the cleaners accidentally let him in when they were cleaning earlier this week. I mean, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. So this was like a big mommy fail, Easter bunny fail, because my husband was like, this stuff could have been placed very differently to prevent this from happening, because I had it all sitting like on a dresser in a box that was all within reach. So that was my mom fail of the week. And here's the thing. I am all about failure and this is what I'm so excited to talk about today because you have to fail often, you have to fail fast because that's how you learn and grow and move on. And I think that a lot of times we hold ourselves back or we let failure be this like really defining thing that prevents us from moving forward. And when you let failure become a big thing that prevents you from moving forward, it really inhibits your ability to take action in life down the road, and it inhibits your ability to grow down the road. So you hold yourself back because of fear of failure, or you hold yourself back because of maybe past trauma with failure, where you've let that kind of define you. And now you have a lot of fear and self-doubt around things that maybe would actually be really great opportunities to grow, even if they didn't work out so well. So let's go ahead and dive into the truth about failure and my red hot failure topic that I want to talk about this week. Because I'll tell you, the reason I want to talk about this is because I've had a lot of people say to me recently, especially I posted on Facebook, our one year anniversary or one year birthday. So the Shameless Mom Academy is officially a year old. It was actually our one year birthday it was a few weeks ago now. But I posted this video in celebration of the one year birthday of our show. And I posted it on Facebook. If you go to the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook, you can see it. And it's a cool video that shows all of our episodes and all of the guests that we've had and like it made me cry every time I watched it because I've watched it multiple times while editing it. So you might find it touching. I would love to have you go see it. Check it out. So as I was sharing this with people, people were like, oh, wow, like it's amazing. And multiple people have just commented lately on like, you're just going for it. You just go for everything and you just do it. And like, wow, I can't believe, you know, the leaps you're willing to take essentially which is all a huge compliment and really, really nice. And sometimes it feels that way, like, wow, I'm trying really big and cool things. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way. A lot of times it doesn't feel that way at all. But because of the beauty of social media, it can look like everything is like really amazing and awesome all the time. So I kind of wanted to be a little more transparent and say that like things are not awesome all the time. And a lot of the time behind closed doors. I'm just like you, worrying, like, am I doing the right thing? Should I do it in this order? What if this happens? Like, what if I completely fail? How embarrassing will it be? Who will see if I fail? This kind of stuff happens to me all the time. And a lot of times, you know, the things that we see on social media are the things that make us look really good. Social media can be a really great ego trip. And so I recently posted that I applied to speak at a conference. And I wrote kind of, this is on my personal Facebook page over at Sarah Sutherland Dean, if you want to find me there. So I had written that I was on a plane and filling out this application to speak at this event. And it, you know, it sounded like this really big, brave, bold move. And it was a big, brave, bold move. And we didn't realize at the time that I was putting myself into a pool competing with 600 other people who were applying to speak at the same event. So everyone's like, oh, that's so brave. That's so cool. Wow. Good for you. Like, you know, I admire this. And then I got the email saying that I was not selected to speak. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Like, I mean, it was a bummer, but also like there was 600 people. And the great thing about doing that though, and being rejected is that I had to go through filling out a speaker application, which is kind of hard and cumbersome. And you have to like kind of pump up your ego before you start filling that out. So that was actually a really great experience. A few years ago, similarly. I was encouraged to apply for the Puget Sound Business Journal's 40 Under 40. And I was 38 or 39 at the time. And I was like, why would I apply for this? Like the people who get this are amazing, like beyond words. Why would I get this? And my business coach at the time was like, you have to apply. She's like, I don't even care if you're qualified, you have to apply. Basically just telling me like you have to apply to go through the process of putting down on paper all the reasons that you think you're deserving of an award Oh my gosh, that is so scary. Like no one sits and I hope, not that I hope, but I think no one sits and lists all the reasons that they should get an award, right? It's super, super intimidating and daunting to do that. So I did it and I put all my heart into it. I spent hours and hours on this thing. By the time I was done, I was like, I'm totally going to get this. Like, look at all these things I've done. Holy cow. A few weeks later, I get the email that's like, thank you for your application. We had so many great qualified candidates and you were not selected. And it was like, oh man, like I put all that time into that, but it was really good practice because I had to step up and try something that was super uncomfortable, super nerve wracking, but it also made me take responsibility for my wins over the last 10 years or so, which was a really, really powerful experience. So I was so glad
1: that my business coach pushed me to do that. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon alive. That's why C developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit ccom slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
0: I also recently got my first no for the podcast. So every single guest I have asked to be on the Shameless Mom Academy so far has said yes. I have had no no's. And so I decided to reach out to someone who I know is in the middle of a huge media tour and has a huge media following and would have been an amazing, amazing guest. But I know that this is someone who's ridiculously busy. And I thought, this is probably going to be my first, or I didn't think probably, but I was like, this could be my first no. And I thought, you know, that's not a reason to not ask, though, because here's the thing. To ask this person to be on the podcast, I had to put together a really great email. I had to put together a really great pitch and be like, these are all the reasons that this would be such a great fit for you to talk to my community, for my community to benefit from your message, for you to have exposure to new listeners and new people who would benefit from the message that you're spreading worldwide. Like, I had to put together some great points in this email, and that was really helpful to to me because now the thing is, even though this person said no, so I got my first no, I still have that information. I was able to put together all the reasons why it's so powerful for someone to be a guest on my show. That means I can use that information again. It also means that I, in the process of putting that together, really built up in my mind some clear reasons why my podcast stands out from others, who my podcast impacts, why it's a privilege to be a guest on my podcast, not anyone who asks gets to be on the show. So it was actually really great. It was really beneficial and a big learning experience for me, even though at the end, I essentially failed. So in all three of those examples, I ended in failure. All three of those things would be reason for me to be like, well, I'm just not going to reach out to big people and ask them to be on the show, or I'm just not going to apply for like awards, or I'm not going to apply for speaking gigs. All of those would be reasonable places to let my head go after getting those, after being rejected. 100%. But here's the thing. If I let myself be impacted by those rejections, I will stop moving forward. I will become stuck. So I can't. I can't let that rejection get to me. I can let it sting for a minute. And then I can let it fuel me. And this is where I really thrive. Let's be honest. I think some of you might thrive here too. When someone tells me no, I'm like, oh, really? Okay, watch me go. So you know what? To get a no from someone on the podcast, I'm like, oh, you're going to say no? Fine. I'm just going to go find someone bigger and better. I really use that as fuel for me. And I've done this for probably, I don't know, maybe almost the last I, mean, I can think of examples like for the last 20 years where someone has been like, um, I think you got that wrong or you didn't do well enough. And I'm like, oh, you know what? You don't think that was good? I'll show you good. Let's go. And so really turning that failure into fuel is so, so powerful. Turn your failure into fuel to reach your goals. A no is not a no. A no is just no, not right now. And so even I'm actually going to reach out to this guest who said no again. And then when I eventually get her on the show, because it will happen, when I eventually get her on the show, I'm going to be like, you know, you were my first no. And I just kept asking until you said yes. So a no is not always, it's not like necessarily a no period. It's often a no comma, not right now. So when you fail at something, it doesn't mean that you can't get the result that you were looking for in the moment. It just means that maybe you can't have it right now. And that's okay. Maybe there's a reason that. Now's not the right time. Maybe there's a reason that now isn't the best time. Maybe there's a reason that you need to do a little more work or a little more research or a little more maybe shift in another direction because maybe the thing that didn't work out was never intended to work out or maybe it's meant to work out better in a different way down the road. So don't look at it as a no or a failure as something that's complete and final because it's never complete and final unless you choose for it to be complete and final. That's where you have so much control you can let a no be a no period if you choose to stop acting in the face of failure or in the face of rejection. But if you don't choose to stop taking action in the face of failure or in the face of rejection, then that no is not a no. That no is just a no, comma, not right now. And there's a huge difference between the two. So I want to talk a little bit about how failure can really get to us one of the ways is that failure can make your goals seem less attainable if you choose to let that happen. So I was doing some research for this episode and I was reading on psychology today and they were talking about a study in which people kicked a football over a goalpost in an unmarked field and then they had to estimate how high and far the goalpost was. And the people who failed and did not get the ball through the goalpost – Also, were the ones who said that it was higher and further away than those who succeeded. So, those who kicked the ball through the goalpost successfully estimated that the goalpost was closer and not as high. So, this is what we do when we fail. Failure automatically distorts, this is a direct quote from the Psychology Today journal, so I just want to note that I'm quoting, but failure automatically distorts your perception of your goals and makes them seem unattainable. So let me say that again. Failure automatically distorts your perceptions of your goals and makes them seem unattainable. So if you choose to take rejection or a no as like, oh, well, nobody wants me and I wasn't qualified anyways, and like, who was I to think I was good enough? That's the direction you can go with that. And then the people who get the yeses or the people who are successful are much quicker to be like, of course, I deserve this. And I worked really hard for this. And this is exactly what I've been working for. So of course, I'm going to get it. And so you can see how like we go in one direction or the other based on these external influences of someone telling us yes, someone telling us no, a situation working out the way we wanted to versus not working out the way we wanted to. We let our perception cloud the whole thing if we win, if we're successful, we let our perception sometimes inflate the whole thing and make it a lot bigger and better than it is. And it actually goes back to that quote that you've heard me say before, that nothing is as great as it seems and nothing is as bad as it seems. So when you have a big win and you're really successful, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm on top of the world. And then like the next day you're like, well, there's actually still some other work to be done. And I mean, like it's awesome, but it's not that awesome, you know, and like there's always little caveats, even in wins. When you have failures, oftentimes it can be just the opposite of that, where we take those losses, and we turn it into tragedy. And like, we don't know what in drama and trauma, and we don't know how to wrap our heads around it. And we make it so bad. And when reality, then, you know, 24 hours later, you're like, you know what, here's how I can pick up the pieces. Here's how I can move on. So we do really let failure cloud our perception and cloud our judgment. And that can often prevent us from setting new goals or moving towards goals that we think might work well for us in the future. So an example I want to use is over at the Shameless Mommy Mastermind, I've been getting people signed up for our Momentum Mastermind. And you can actually sign up for this yourself. So I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But I've been getting people signed up for our Shameless Mommy Mastermind, which kicks off next week. And with the Shameless Mommy Mastermind, people immediately are like, oh, yes, I want to like tackle goals. Or you have this immediate like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Here's some ways I've already failed recently. So I'm like, who am I to think I'm actually going to do something this time? So you can determine like where you fall on that spectrum. If you want to actually make something happen for yourself, don't look at past failure. Look at present opportunities. So here's an opportunity to work with me directly, to work with a group of other moms who are very similar to you and like wanting to try something new, you know, like take some good action steps, define the next right step towards something that you truly desire in your life to maybe find value in something that you haven't been able to spend time with recently. So maybe it's you know finding value for self-care again and committing time to self-care during this momentum mastermind. Maybe it's taking a leap professionally. Maybe it's just taking time to schedule self-care and workouts for yourself. Or maybe it's taking time to like schedule some career pivots. Or maybe it's time to take some action steps like, I'm going to really start Going back into this hobby that I used to love. I'm really going to get into photography again. I'm going to work on some projects that I've been wanting to work on, things that truly lit me up and I really, really loved before having kids or maybe a few years ago, and I just haven't had time to get back to them. So, the whole idea with the Shameless Mommy Mastermind and the Momentum Mastermind is that you are taking six weeks. It's a six week mastermind where we're going to be working on meeting goals together. And so, your goals can be anything that you want to work on, but it is going to be taking steps toward things that you truly want. So maybe some things you've been meaning to do for a while, you're actually going to start doing. So this is very, very exciting. And we're going to talk about how you can take these steps. What is the next right step? How can you find the motivation? How can you break it down so it's small and doable and feasible? So we'll be talking about all of those things outside of failure, because if you can get past failure and get past doubt, then there's opportunity. And we're gonna talk more about opportunity and failure in just a minute because the beauty of failure is opportunity. That is where it gets frequently gets missed is that within failure, is huge opportunity every single time and we often forget to look for that. So if you're interested in the Shameless Mom Mastermind, the Momentum Mastermind, it does kick off in a week and we currently have early bird pricing until Wednesday, April 19th at 5 p.m. So make sure you go over to smamastermind.com. That is where you can get all the information. So again, smamastermind.com or you can email me at info@shamelessmom.com, and I can hook you up with the info. But If you go to smamastermind.com, that's where you will find all of the information for the mastermind and how you can sign up and be a part of it. It's going to be super awesome. I already have a few people signed up. Space is limited because I need it to be small and intimate so we can actually all accomplish things. So it's going to be really, really cool. All right. So Now, the other piece of it that I want to talk about with failure is how failure can make you afraid to try. So for those of you who are like, I'm not going to join a momentum mastermind right now because I'm terrified. What if I don't know what my goals are? What if I can't meet my goals? What if something goes sideways in the middle of the thing? This is what failure does. When we have past failure, we often are afraid to try new things or afraid to try different things. If you're like me, maybe you only want to try things that you're good at. So I held back in my life in so many ways growing up because I only wanted to do things I was good at. So I was like, well, you know, I'm really good at getting good grades. So I'm just going to like get a four point and do all my extra credit and take AP calculus and just be super nerdy because that's what I'm good at. And I know I can do that well. So I'm just going to do that. I didn't play any sports. I didn't do any extracurriculars. I didn't really have hobbies aside from babysitting, which I was also really good at and saved thousands and thousands of dollars. Because when most people were out doing sports and most people were out having like crazy social lives, I was babysitting. So I was doing my homework and building like my babysitting business, which no regrets on either of those, but I missed out on a lot of fun things. And I missed out on a lot of things that I could have really that could have really enhanced my life and given me confidence and made me more comfortable in my own skin. And I think I oftentimes chose to hide from opportunity because I was so afraid of failure because I just wanted to do the things I was good at. I was way too perfectionistic. So if you're worried about that, Think about how you can start working outside of that and working beyond that. Because when you try new things, you always learn, even if you fall flat on your face. And I say this all the time when people want to come try out workouts in our gym and they're like, well, but you know, I can't do a burpee and I can't do push-ups on my toes. And I can't, and they think of all these things that they can't do. I'm like, that's totally fine. Like you can try something in the gym and be like, whoa, like that did not work at all. I can't do that at all. I can't even do one. That's okay, because that's how you learn that, oh, okay, I'm actually not ready for this part, so I'm going to step it back and do this part here, and I'm going to build up to that thing. Or I'm going to learn that, like, actually, like, does it even matter if you ever do push-ups on your toes? Like, it doesn't really. So why don't you come in and do the things that you can do, because you can actually meet so many of your fitness goals and health goals, probably all of them without ever doing push-ups on your toes. So it doesn't matter when you come in, if you can actually do all the things that maybe the person next to you is doing, because you can 100% still meet your goals, even if you can't do this one thing that you're scared of, right? And I think this happens a lot in the fitness environment where we're like, well, I don't know, like I can't, I mean, this is why people don't sign up for marathons because they're like, well, I can't run two miles, let alone 26.2. What if you could just learn how to go running and use that for stress relief? Or what if you could learn how to run and just run a 5K, which is three miles? That would give you immeasurable confidence so that maybe someday you could run a marathon. Maybe you never will run a marathon and that's fine. Maybe you'll run a 5K and learn like, wow, like that kind of sucked. I didn't really like that but you're still going to feel super proud of accomplishing a goal. I'll tell you when I ran my first marathon, my only marathon, I don't know why I call it my first, when I ran my only marathon, it sucked. I hated it and I ran it and I actually, the training wasn't too bad except for the one 18 mile run where I cried for the last six miles straight in the pouring rain. But aside from that, I didn't mind the training, but on race day, I was just not in it. Like I was two miles into 26.2 miles and just like, eh, I don't really feel like doing this. And I had 24.2 miles left to go. And it was awful. So I got done with that. And I was like, you know, so I learned a lesson. (laughs) I don't ever want to do another marathon. And my friend at the end of the race, she's like, just give it like 20 minutes and you're going to want to sign up for your next one. And I was like, I really don't think I will. And you know what? It's been, gosh, 15 years now. No, not quite 15 years, 12 years maybe since I ran my marathon. No desire to do another marathon. But I learned that that's not my jam. Running for four to five hours, I'm not into it. I, like, I don't have enough thoughts in my head. And I have a lot of thoughts in my head, you guys. I think we all know this. Not enough for four to five hours of running though. What I did learn is that I actually had new appreciation for half marathons, which I had done a ton of, but kind of gotten burnt out on. And I was like, you know, I kind of like half marathons again. And also I really love triathlons because I like switching gears every so often in the middle of a race environment. That's actually really fun for me. So it really helped me learn what I liked about endurance events and what I didn't like. And I did not like doing the same thing for four to five hours. However, put me on a bike or in a lake and on a run for a few hours. That was actually cool. Like I didn't mind that. So I learned a lot from that marathon. I also learned that 20 minutes into a run, you can be like, yeah, I don't really feel like doing this. And four hours later, you can still be doing it just because you are ridiculously strong, even if you're hating every minute of it. Because that's exactly what happened to me. (laughs) So the other piece about failure that we have to address is that fear of failure can lead to self-sabotage. So we are really great at creating excuses and situations so that we no longer have to push toward our goals. This is so easy to do. We always think, of like, you know, now is not the right time. I'm going to wait until next time. Maybe when she offers it again. So I'm thinking specifically of our Momentum Mastermind. Like People are going to read the information and be like, hmm, maybe next time she does it maybe that'll be a better time. We always think that like there might be a better time or we're going to wait for the conditions to just like be a little more ideal. This is another great one with the gym too, where we're like, I'm just going to wait till life is not quite so busy. So here's the truth. The truth is you are a parent. Your life will always be crazy. You are like most of you are working. If you're not working, you're at home with kids. Like there's nothing calm about that life. And there's nothing calm that will ever be about your life until you create some space for yourself, which you will actually learn how to do in the Shameless Mommy Mastermind. But until you create some space for yourself, like life is never going to be like, oh, now I just have all this free time. Maybe I'll go join the gym. Like that just doesn't happen. So you have to take action steps knowing that like these are not the most ideal circumstances, but I'm just going to try because that's how it works. You just have to try and see what happens. And what happens when you do that is then you learn and you grow and you make pivots as needed. I could have waited multiple more years to launch this podcast. And when I hired my podcast coach, Josh, I was like, well, I'm not really sure how many months I want to wait. And he's like, how many months? He's like, we're doing this in like six to eight weeks. And I was like, what? (laughs) I'm not ready to launch a podcast in six to eight weeks. He's like, oh yeah, sure. He's like, I have a checklist. We'll just do the checklist. It'll be fine. You know what? We did the checklist. We launched eight weeks later and we only waited that long because I was out of town for 10 days in the middle of it. We launched eight weeks later and it was all fine. So like when you let someone else, first of all, be involved and hold you accountable, that's huge. But second of all, when you just start taking action steps, you figure it out. So even if you fail, like I did at the beginning of the podcast by naming the podcast, The Selfish Mom Academy, which was already trademarked, big, huge, expensive lesson that I learned like two days after we launched. But when you do things And you just ride the momentum and you're like, I'm just doing this. I'm just going to see how it goes. And that doesn't mean that you don't like take some very intentional moves and intentional steps as you're doing it. You don't just like carelessly, mindlessly do things. But when you're being intentional, it's okay to do things quickly, knowing that there's some risks and then being ready to pivot. And so like I totally had a major failure with the trademarked name of the podcast. That was a big freaking deal. If you listen to my bonus episode about changing the name to the Shameless Mom Academy, you will know that like for a week straight, I had diarrhea every day because I was so freaked out about this woman threatening to sue me over this trademark. But I figured it out because I had to figure it out because I had taken action. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to fail. Even though this situation could be seen as a failure, this is not going to be the thing that takes me down. And so I just kept moving. I just kept juggling. And after about two weeks, it was done and over. And we were on the road as the Shameless Mom Academy. And it's been like that ever since. And we just keep moving. So you just take action and then you keep moving. And sometimes you take action and it's not quite the right action and you have to react a little bit and that might mean you have to pivot a little bit and that's okay. So I'm going to give you some tips on failure here in just a minute. But before that, we're going to talk about Aptive, our sponsor. So you've heard me talk a few times already about Aptive. I'm totally obsessed. So Aptive is an app that you put on your phone and then you have a personal trainer in your ears while you're working out with amazing music. So I've been using it for my run training because I'm doing a race in a few weeks, which I'm totally unprepared for. I've not been running in months. And before, I mean, I ran like a few times a few months ago, and then it was months before that. So I'm not at all prepared to be doing a race. I have no business doing a seven and a half mile race, but I'm doing it. So I've been using Aptiv in my runs because it's a personal trainer in my ears talking to me while I run, coaching me. It's fantastic with awesome music. So the other day, I did my first four-mile run. Little cheers for me for that, please. My first four-mile run in probably two years. And no, I only have to get up to seven and a half miles. But I did my four-mile run. And what I loved was this music. Okay. So I was a little worried whenever I tried music or apps with music, I'm like, is it going to be cheesy, like, you know, off-brand music? Oh, no. This was... Black Eyed Peas, DMX, Madonna, Beyonce, Christina Aguilera, and Brittany. Those were my workout partners. It was awesome. I was literally like texting friends afterwards, being like, Download this app and go to workout number 18 in the run training. Like, I was telling them exactly. So, if you want to go, if you want that exact playlist and in that exact workout, go to aptive.com and then use the code SMA30, and you'll get a 30 day free trial for Aptive. And then you can go to the half marathon training program and go to workout 18. It's a 41 minute run, and that's your playlist. It's so fun. But the other things you can use Aptive for is any kinds of workout. You can use it for guided yoga workouts, guided strength training workouts, seven minute body weight workouts that you can do like while your child is eating breakfast next to you. You just get on the floor and do a seven minute workout. So I'm loving, loving this app. And I want you to go over and try it and let me know what you think. So go to aptive.com and then use the code SMA30 to get your free 30-day trial with Aptive. All right. So diving back in to failure and some tips around failure. I'm going to teach you how to fail, you guys. I'm going to teach you how to fail good. (laughs) Fail well. I think it's fail well. So I'm going to teach you how to fail real well. So first of all, when you look at failure, you wanna think about like, when's the last time I failed? Even think like, you know what? I haven't failed much lately. I probably need to fail. Because I'm like, that sounds so weird and counterintuitive, but it's true. If you haven't failed recently, it means you haven't been taking risks. It means you probably haven't been taking action steps. So look at when did you last fail? Like I had multiple failures last week. Kind of bummed me out. But you know what? It means I was trying new uncomfortable things. So that's good. Because the more often you fail the more you can fail forward. And what I mean by failing forward is learning from your failures. So I learned some key things last week in my failures. I learned things that will really help me moving forward. I learned things that actually have already changed what I'm doing today and this week Because the lessons were so valuable, I was able to implement some changes right away to to make my life actually easier and better. So the things that got me down last week, the things that were failures are actually things that will make this week better for me. So I'm immediately taking those failures and thinking like, okay, where's my opportunity? And I talked about this a few weeks ago. I had a really rough day. And at the end of the day, I was in the kitchen and I was like, God, like, what is the universe telling me? And I couldn't figure it out. And then I realized, like, all three of these things that happened in one day on a Monday, of course. So, three bad things on a Monday happened. And I was like, the universe has got to be telling me something. And I was super cranky about the whole thing. And I was like, oh, like, these are actually all related to one thing if I really look at it. And it means I need to make a change in this one area. And then I was like, okay, now I know what to do. So then the next day I was like, now I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to fix this thing, tweak this thing so that this is no longer an issue. So that I'm not going to have another day where these three things go wrong on the same day where I'm feeling like totally beat down. So always stopping and pausing to be like, what do I need to learn here? And how can I move forward better, stronger, more powerful from that experience? And then the more you fail, the easier it gets. So that's the great thing about practicing failing often is it does get easier where you can kind of just blow it off instead of being devastated by it. You know, this no that I got when I reached out to someone to do the podcast, to do a podcast interview with me, could have been devastating if it was early on in my podcast game. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? I've had so many other failures and things that didn't work out quite as I planned related to the podcast, related to the gym, related to my own personal goals that this one little no was like, okay, like it was a bummer for a moment. And now I'm like, okay, next. (laughs) And also remember, I'm coming back to this person and asking them on the show again. And also because they said, no, I'm going to just keep going for higher and higher up people so that I can prove to them and to the person who said no and to myself that like, I am worthy of them. (laughs) And I am worthy of really amazing people on my show. So also like letting failure kick into your ego a little bit, not a bad thing. The other piece of this is I want you to expect hiccups. So I used to have, when I took piano lessons, I would always have, I think we had piano recitals maybe twice a. I think it was twice a year. We had like a Christmas one and a summer one. And every time I would sit down for my piano recital, you know, it's like a silent room when no one's playing. So like you walk up to the front of the room and everyone's staring at you and you like get your music out and you sit there and it's just like deathly silent. And then you're sitting, and you get your hands all situated, and you like take a deep breath, and you start playing. Inevitably, for me, within the first like 20 seconds, I always stumbled every single recital, and it got to the point where I was like, "I'm just gonna like start off and do my mess up, and then I'm gonna start over because then I know I'll be fine." And so I was, like started predicting this for myself, and then I was like, "Okay, like now I made my little mess up, and now I can go full speed ahead." And I'm not saying that you should plan for mistakes like that or like intentionally make them happen. But if you know that like there's a 90% chance this isn't going to go perfectly. So I'm just going to work through that little bump wherever it may fall and then we'll all be good. And there might be multiple bumps. That's okay too. Like we're going to just work through that. So I'm actually in the middle of working on a project right now where there's been like all these bumps and every time I'm like, oh, I think it's done. And then I'm working with a web person and I'm like, oh, not done, not done. Okay. Like go back and do another piece and then we'll revisit. So we're having to do this over and over again, where I thought it was just going to be like this one time, like, here, let's just do this and it's all done. So it's okay. Like there's going to be hiccups and that's okay. You're going to work through the hiccups or you're going to be ready to pivot. So be ready to pivot, be ready to like switch gears and be like, oh, so actually this is how we're going now instead. Sometimes you have to be really quickly reactive back to my Easter bunny story, (laughs) sometimes things come up where you're like, oh my gosh, I totally messed that up. How am I going to pivot and make this still work? So it's okay to pivot and adjust things so that you can still ultimately get the end goal that you want. So like Easter is not a failure at my house. We had a little Easter bunny guffaw, but that doesn't mean Easter is a failure. It doesn't mean I failed as a parent. It just means that like things didn't go totally according to plan. And so mommy and daddy had to like, you know, fly by the seat of our pants a little bit. The other piece about failure that is super, super significant, probably the biggest tip that I'm going to give you out of all this is to identify tiny wins every day. So hashtag tiny wins. That's what I want you to be thinking about here. This is something that I do. I keep track of. I've shown you on Facebook Live before how I keep track of my tiny wins. I keep track of them in a notebook. I've also done this through different apps. I've also done this in online accountability groups. And I actually will be doing this in the Shameless Mom- Momentum Mastermind as well because identifying tiny wins is huge. If you are tracking tiny wins and tracking little things that you are proud of every day, then those failures that happen feel much less significant. Because you're like, oh, so I had a failure today, but you know what? I had three tiny wins. So like, who's the real winner here, right? So when you're constantly tracking things that go well or things that go right, and this is why gratitude is a really great thing as well, because you're focusing on the positive stuff. So then when the negative stuff comes around, you're like, oh, it's just this little thing. Because the big, the positive stuff is so big and overwhelmingly abundant, you can't be sidetracked by the junk. So it's not a big deal when there's bumps, hiccups, pivots, falling flat on your face failures. They're just not that big of a deal when you're able to track Tiny wins and big wins, but tiny wins are especially significant because you can find them so frequently. So by 10 o'clock in the morning, you should be able to be like, oh, tiny wins. Like, I already did these three things that I feel great about. So for me, like tiny wins that I have almost every morning, I get up and I do my reading, I do my workout. And like if I've made Vinny's lunch the night before, like those are three tiny wins before 7 30 in the morning. That's huge. I recognize those things. Like I point out those things. Whenever I pull out that lunch that I made the night before, I'm like, yes, I already did it. Like I celebrate that I pre-made that lunch. I don't take it for granted. Same thing with getting in my reading and my workout in the morning. Like I celebrate, yes, I did the thing that I wanted to do this morning, that thing that will kick my day off the right way. Even though these are things I've been doing forever, my workouts, my early morning workouts are something I've been doing for years and years and years. It's still a win that I celebrate every single day. So celebrating these tiny wins hugely empower how you manage failure and how you manage rejection. So it's super, super important. It also can impress upon you that it's okay, if you have a failure, no big deal because another win is just around the corner because you are racking up these wins every left and right, like everywhere you go, every time you turn around, there's another win around the corner. So no biggie if there's a failure here and there. So it can make it so much easier to move past failure if you know that you are someone who's constantly winning. And that is 100% about how you nurture your mental space. If you're tracking wins, if you're aware of wins, like that is all about you being responsible for acknowledging those things. That is not about the world happening to you. That is you seeing the silver linings. That is you seeing the positive pieces. So my final tip of advice is searching for those silver linings. Failure might mean that you did not get what you originally wanted but you might get something else instead. And that thing that you get might be what you truly need or what you will actually use to grow, what you will actually grow to cherish out of this whole situation. I've had multiple situations where things went completely differently than I expected, but at the end of the day, I was like, oh, wow, like I got this other really valuable thing out of it instead. But I had to look for that silver lining because you can choose to find the silver lining or you can just choose to sit in failure. The choice is yours. The last thing I wanna say about failure is, it's really important to model failure for your kids. It's really important for them to see that, like, oh, wow, that didn't work out so well. So, what are we gonna do now instead? My son is quick to say, but I can't, like throwing himself on the floor. I can't get dressed by myself. Even though he's gotten dressed by himself like 37 days in a row, all of a sudden out of nowhere, but I can't put my pants on, like all this drama. And I immediately, like, we don't say, I can't. We say, I'll try. And if you try and it doesn't work, cool. We'll try again or you can ask for help or you can, you know, try something different. But it's not I can't, it's I will try. So then when your kids see you fail, you're not like, oh man, that means I can't do this and I can't do that. You're just like, Oh, so instead I'm gonna try this or I'm gonna try this and see how that works, or here's something I learned from it. So modeling failure to your kids is really important. I actually was thinking about this in conjunction with something that I read in Brain Rules for Baby, which is a book that I read when I was pregnant, which is fantastic, by the way. So in Brain Rules for Baby, they talk about the importance of arguing, of parents arguing in front of their children, which is, seems really counterintuitive, right? But they said it's actually really important that you argue in front of your children and find resolution in front of your children so that they can see this is how arguing works. You have a disagreement because no one's gonna always agree on the same thing. So you have this disagreement and then you work through it in the following ways. And then you show your kids, like this is what how you manage disagreements. And this is how you manage conflict because conflict is a part of life. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is brilliant because I think that I was not raised in a household where arguing happened. My parents got divorced instead of arguing, which sounds weird, but it's true there was just really kind of a lack of communication. And my sister and I were always very sensitive to arguing, like, and I still like conflict is and confrontation is extremely, extremely uncomfortable to me. But if I had been modeled, if I had seen that, like, oh, like, this is how conflict works. And this is how you work around it. And then at the end, everyone's happy. Oh, like, that would make so much sense, right? So this is the thing with failure is that if your kids see you failing, and they're like, oh, man, mom totally just screwed up, But look how she's fixing it or how she's making it right or how she's making it better or what she learned. There's tremendous value in that. And then your kids know like, oh, like failures, it's just something that happens. Like it actually happens all the time. But that's okay because all these other really great things happen too. And we get to like learn all these new lessons and we get to decide how we're going to move on from here and blah, 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 blah. So it's all in how you frame it and how you manage it to make it a positive thing and to make it something really important and worth modeling to your kids. So I hope that was extremely valuable for you. And I hope that you fail forward and fail often and fail fast and fail hard sometimes, sometimes not all the time, just sometimes, because that will allow you to win more and win bigger and win better and win more frequently. If you are interested in joining the Shameless Mommy Mastermind, please go to smamastermind.com to get all the information on our six-week program. We start on Monday, April 24th. We have early bird pricing until Wednesday, April 19th at 5 p.m. So please head over to smamastermind.com and you can get all the details on how to join the six-week program where you get to work with me. We're going to be working together via video conference calls, which is going to be so fun. We actually get to see each other and talk to each other. So I'm very, very excited about it. Head over to smamastermind.com. and I will see you over there. You can also reach out to me privately at info at shamelessmom.com if you want to contact me there about the mastermind group or if you have any personal questions about the experience. Thank you for listening today. Know that we do release new episodes every Monday and every Wednesday, so please subscribe so you get immediate access. You can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review to subscribe to the show. If this episode was helpful to you, if you know someone who feels like they're in the middle of failure right now and you think they could use some support, please share this out. Go to shamelessmom.com, click on Episode 119 and you will be able to sh- get the link for this episode and share it. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the shameless mom Academy and our links to this show will be there as well. So have a fantastic day and no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.